0: one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic interventions. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. On this episode of the LOL Pod, I'm joined by my son, Emmanuel Rain. We talk about life during COVID, we talk about his passion for gaming, and we walk through an experience that we both had where we've had to learn some tough lessons. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. I can't tell you how excited I am to have my guest on today. He is 11 years old. And happens to be my first born child. So we have with us Emmanuel Rain today. How are you, Emmanuel? I'm good. I am very thankful that you are joining me for the podcast. And so I am going to ask you what I ask all of my guests that come on. And that is, what is your labor of love? It is probably gaming. Okay, gaming. So... Tell me what that means to you. What is gaming?
1: I just love playing video games. It's kind of really good. It makes me, like, not really forget. It forgets... Oh, how do I describe this? It's like, hmm. When you play, it's like you're actually playing in real life. Because it's really, like, if I play a really good game, like, if I have a lot of stress on me and I play a really good game, I can... Lose all the stress by playing a really good game because she's playing a
0: video game. Interesting. So usually I start with saying, where did this start? But before I ask that question, talk to us a little bit about stress. So there are some people who would say, boy, you 11 years old. What kind of stress are you talking about? What kind of stress you got? So tell us, tell the listeners, what kind of stresses do you have as, as a, a young man? I have homework, I have school,
1: I also do a lot of gaming where I can do tournaments, like go professional, I can do a lot of things, but I do have a short amount of time because I still have school, homework, and if I don't get those done, I don't know, I may not be able to play because I don't have good grades, so yeah.
0: Yeah, that sounds like that could be kind of stressful. So I appreciate that. So gaming, tell us a little bit about when this became important to you or, you know, when you realized you had um, a real passion for playing video games.
1: So I was little, my mom started dating my dad. So I, he had a Sega Genesis, so I decided to play it. He let me play it. And I used to play all the sorts of games he had. I just played them over and over and over, and it just got really fun. So I played it like all day, every day, and I just really got a passion for it.
0: Okay. And you say you were young. You remember how old you were? Uh, four, five. Yeah, I believe probably say that. Probably about four. When five. we when he introduced you to the Sega Genesis. Okay, so I'll say a little bit about gaming from a parent perspective, and then we can have a conversation about how your perspective might be different or similar to mine. So, as a parent, I am constantly maybe uh, seeing things online, news articles, or things on social media that would suggest that um, video games and gaming is not good to let your kids do a lot, that you should really restrict their time on the games, that you know they should be doing other things. And I think for a while, we did a, a, a fairly good job of making sure that you weren't just gaming all day, every day. You played sports, you went to school, you had summer camp, you were hanging out you know, with friends and there was a lot. And then when you were home, you know, when you weren't spending time with, you know, us as your parents and your sisters, then you would game. And so it really started to, um, it it felt balanced, but then COVID happened. And I really want to give you an opportunity to talk about COVID-19 and your experience of it as a young man so what's it been like for you this last year since COVID-19 hit it's been
1: I'd say sort of boring I can't play sports I I really want to play sports but I I can't it's boring because I don't know I just can't play sports video games is a passion but there's a lot of people that like to go outside because of COVID and I don't really know what to play because since COVID, everyone's kind of play outside just a little bit, but they go to the park. But sometimes they people just don't really like video games as much. They like to go on their phones, maybe go on social media. But yeah, I just like to play video games. It's really
0: all. And for the record, do you have social media? No. Gotcha. How about not being in school in person? What's that been like for you?
1: Uh, it's been worse because i just i don't know there's it's school in person and school online is way more different because you get to talk with your friends like actually like interact interact with them but online it's just really teacher talking and tell you what
0: to do like you really can't chat with each other and yeah just so would you say you've been playing video games more since COVID has taken place than you did before COVID? Probably, yeah. I've been playing
1: more video games That when COVID hit. I have really nothing else to do. So it's, I don't know. Video games
0: is really, I don't know. I appreciate that. So one thing that happened for me when I, as a parent, I don't know. If, if all this really started in March of 2020, I would say maybe the summer hit. This is when we realized that uh, sports would be canceled. Um, this is when we realized that the summer camps would be canceled. Um, so usually in the summertime, when we are able to provide an active space for you to go and play, we realized that wasn't going to happen. And we did notice that you were playing more and more video games, and you know, there came a moment when there was the part of me that was like, oh my God, I'm such a terrible parent. We got to figure something out. He's on video games too much. Um, but then, it, and then something happened where like, I heard you laughing and talking with friends that you were playing with. And it began to help me realize that, yes, you are playing a game, but I began to see that for you, at least this is what I was making up. You can let me know if like, I'm I'm accurate or not but I began to realize that not only was video game playing a way for you to play these games and and maybe distract yourself from the boredom sure but I began to feel like it was part of your community. I began to feel like this is where your friends were. This is where you were getting social interaction, you know, like you said you you don't really get to interact with your friends at school you there's no neighborhood play there's no sports but I would hear you laughing and joking and and having this really good time in your room and while yes you were on a game system um, I really felt like that it was part of how you were socializing and how are you how you were communicating with people during a really rough time and when I thought of it like that and then I thought of myself as an 11 year old in fifth grade I lived on the phone like if I was at home the phone now this might be new to you, Emmanuel, but back in the day, our phones had to be connected to a wall by a cord. And then it had like this curly string, you're shaking your head. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) but I was always on the phone, trying to connect with my friends. And we were talking and, and I began to realize that it looks different. But for you, this was like your phone, this was your community. So that helped me to be a little more lenient with not trying to always pull you off of the video games and I did right we've made sure that you come out of your room that you spend time with family that we interact and we play games and do things like that but realizing it was your community helped me to understand how much I I, I believe you think you, you do need this so I just want you to talk to us a little bit is that how you see it is the is this gaming community part of your community
1: Oh, yeah. Like I said, it's video games is a passion. So if I play it a lot, I really like it. Like, if I play it, like, a lot, like, a lot, um, I really like it. And it's really, I can make a lot of friends off of it. Because I, it's hard to make friends, but at the same time, that it's people online. So they really don't know about you. They just, you just play. Because now people, uh, if you meet them in person, they like your looks, but on a video game, you can know you're like funny or interactive or you like to play sports or anything. Yeah, I like to just play games and have fun.
0: So what I heard is sometimes it may have been challenging to make friends in person. Is that what you're saying? They can't yeah. see your oh, Okay. <laughs> he was nodding his head. Yeah. And, you know, you said that when you're making friends in person, you know, uh, it seems like a lot of times people go off of how you look, but when you're making friends virtually, like through video games, then it's more about who you are, like what you like to do. And if you're funny or engaging and it has less to do with how you look, did I get that right? Yeah. 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 And I I would imagine, well, I don't have to imagine, I once was your age. And yeah, socializing was challenging, especially, um, for example, for me, when I thought that how I looked in a lot of ways might prevent people from wanting to be connected with me. The idea of being able to meet people who would only base their judgments of me on my personality sounds kind of awesome. So let's talk a minute about um, virtual safety. Like you're spending a lot of time online, video games is a passion, you're meeting people, you're forming this community. Um, If there are adults, because I, what I'm hoping for this particular podcast is that maybe there are some young people who, you know, will listen to it and be like, oh, wow, that's cool, right? Um, You know, here's this young kid. But I also think that you can really help adults understand a perspective of a young person in ways that we can't. So What should people know about virtual internet and gaming safety? Like, how do you keep yourself safe while you're playing games?
1: Honestly, it's not really much. You just really don't have to, um, just share your address. Be safe about what you're giving to people, like your phone number, because you never know. Just one simple thing, like a phone number, could ever, they can get your address or anything. You know, it's, I don't know. There's nothing really much to do. Just be safe. Anything could happen, you know.
0: So do you ever have people who approach you and want to try to get personal information from you?
1: No. Uh, there's not much. I They ask sometimes, and I just really ignore. Because, like, I, I'm not trying to share that stuff. But, you know, they don't really ask because they don't care. We're just trying to play a game. They just have fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Do... Do conflicts or fights or arguments or things ever happen online or things that might, um, like maybe somebody trying to communicate with you who's pretending to be like your age or something and they're actually not, um, what do you and your friends in your online community do when stuff like that happens to keep you keep yourself safe?
1: Well, we've never ran into that, but usually if someone does that, we know who it is so if someone puts on a voice change or anything we know who it is because we know it's a joke so like if they say like no who are you and stuff because we know it's a joke we're just like yeah we're this person and popper so yeah we just have fun that never happened to us because we're just
0: playing okay do you think that your parents prepared you well enough as you started to play online with other people do you think they prepared you Um, to be safe online? I guess but you guys didn't really
1: know that I was gonna be into gaming a lot. You didn't know what's gonna be my future or anything, so you didn't know if I was gonna game or you're gonna prepare me. But you know that I should not be sharing anything as our privacy privacy online. So that's what you guys really have to do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you guys don't really he shared me anything just tell me don't share addresses or anything
0: right. okay is there any thing you want to say to parents whose kids might play games a lot or want to play games a lot and maybe the parent um is a little hesitant to let them do that is there anything you want to share from your perspective to those parents
1: you should at least let the kids play more If you just let them play for one or two hours, because if you just let them play for one or two hours, they will not, they'll put more stress on your back because if you, um, if you make them get off at like one or two, they'll feel annoyed and mad because they can't play with their friends. They have friends. And also they're trying to do stuff on the game. Maybe like they can participate in a lot of things. They don't. They have a short amount of time, so yeah, you can't really do it, But it's really cool. They have to get off. They may have stuff to do when they're on the game, or they have to do something in real life. That's when you kind of have to get off, no matter what. But like, if you just have a free day, like the weekend, and you just have to get off in like one or two. You can ask for an extra, like an hour or something, because it's the weekend. Unless you. Been- got any nothing to do yeah it's really
0: all okay where do you want gaming to take you in your future you said you mentioned um professional you said that word and you said it's a really big passion of yours so where are you hoping that gaming takes you as you get older
1: I don't know I may I want to make money off of it I just want to you know, I want to be, like, a really big gamer. I want to get money off of it. You know, I could do YouTube. Um, Maybe get my own place when I get older so I could uh, make money off of gaming, you know. I mean, that's really all I want to do. There's nothing really much.
0: Okay. So what are you looking forward to with um, now people are starting to get the vaccine for COVID-19, um, places are starting to open up, sporting, sports are beginning to open back up, and Mm -hmm. even though it'll be different probably than, in some ways, than it was before, what are you most looking forward to with things, um, no longer being kind of locked down because of COVID? Uh, it's becoming,
1: I know it's going to be funner, but it's, it's starting to build up Really fast, really good, but at the same time we still wanna six feet apart. Cause not everyone has a vaccine, and my mom told me that it's only sixteen and older for the vaccine. So really, younger people really can't stay in close, really close to people. Yeah, it's really gonna be fun. Cause I feel like I we can play soccer, basketball, football.
0: Yeah, that's really all. Cause and you mean play that like team sport? You're gonna play soccer, basketball, football for a team. Yeah. Okay. What are are you looking forward to going back to school in person? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you seem really. I early. am going to a different school, so. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. You're gonna be going to a different school. Um, Are you nervous about making new friends or anything like that? What's it feel like knowing that? You know, the beginning of the school year, next year, you'll be going to a different school.
1: I'm going to be nervous a lot because it wasn't easy going to this school at all. I've been to my other school for three, no, two years. And now I'm going to have to change because I've been here for two years and my school only goes to fifth grade. I'm in fifth grade right now, so we're going to move to a different This and mine goes to I think I actually don't remember I'm sorry but I'm going to be in sixth grade and it's going to be really
0: hard I don't know the work's going to be harder
1: to make friends
0: so when you think about the challenges that'll come with going to a new school having to make new friends do you have strategies that help you when you feel nervous or You might be a little afraid of something that helped you get through it?
1: Well, I guess, I mean, I can, it's not very hard to make friends, you know. It's just, like, you can't just walk up to them and, like, just ask if you can be friends. you can do that, but it's, I don't know, it's going to be really awkward, kind of, to, to me. I would just freak, I would just play... With them, see if they want to play soccer or basketball, or if they're playing like a team sport together. Maybe I'll ask if I want to play. But yeah, that's really all. That's what I do to make friends.
0: Okay. So, something that um, I want to talk about a little bit, and then I want to get your perspective, and you and I have never really talked about this, I don't think, um, at length, but I think a lot of parents raise their children to be who the parent thinks the child should be. And they raise their kids to like do things they think they should do. And I definitely think that um I I was I was like that with you for a while, much more than with your sisters, because your sisters are younger and I had started therapy and I started healing, and I started doing all this stuff. So they caught me at a really good time. But before that happened, I know that I had in my mind, you know, what, I don't know, what maybe you should do and how you should be. And then there came a point when I realized the most important thing I can do for you as a parent is make sure that you are who you are supposed to be, not based on what I think you should be, but who you were created to be. So what that means is you know, I am very extroverted. Do you know what that means? Yeah. Okay. Extroverted means I get a lot of my energy from being around people. Um, I enjoy not just enjoy, but I get energized by being around groups of people and other people. Um, so that means I'm usually around people a lot. I interact with people a lot. Um, especially, you know, before COVID, um, I'm also, um, a very social person. So when you said making new friends, you you know, it's kind of awkward, you know, just walk up to a person and be like, "Hey, can we be friends?" I do that all the time. <laughs> Even as an adult, I am constantly just walking up to people and talking to them and like, "Hey, we should be friends." But that's that's just part of my personality. It's part of who I am. And what I learned about you, Emmanuel, very early is that you're different than I am in that regard. You're more shy. These that's a word you use. You're more shy. Um, and you know, not as outgoing, meaning just going out of your way, being super social. And it was interesting for me to learn that there wasn't a right or wrong way for you to be. I just wanted you to be whoever you were. And I tried not to push you to be who you're not. Do you think I do a good job of that? Dad and I? Yeah. Can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, uh you guys want me to be what I want to be? You know, if I want to game, uh, you guys want me game? Uh, one day I my dad was in the kitchen, we were just talking, and he was like, "Whatever you want to be, I'll support you." So I was like, "If I want to be a soccer player, will you support me?" He was like, "Yeah." If I want to be a basketball player. Will you support
0: me? Yeah.
1: He just said everything I said. He was
0: like, "Yeah." So yeah, that was really. He said it was really cool. How did you feel when you heard him say that to you?
1: It means I could, whatever I want to do, he would support me. So if I just decided to stop gaming and wanted to be a soccer player, he would give me the gear and, like, make me a better soccer player. Even though he doesn't really know soccer, he would still support me. He knows basketball, kind of football. Mm-hmm.
0: So what I'm hearing is you had a conversation with your dad where he said, Whatever you wanted to be, whatever you wanted to do, he would support you. And even though some of the things you named were not his interests or he didn't like it very much, he still mm-hmm. said he would support you. So how did that feel to hear that? It felt like I can just be me. So
1: like if he just, if I just want to be me and just like do anything, like if I want to play basketball, football, game. Baseball. At the same time, he would still
0: support me. That was really cool. That's it really, cool. really good. Felt really good. Do you think that your mom would support you in the same way? Yeah,
1: I think so. Cause my dad and mom, they they'll do anything for each other with anything. So they do it for their son. If they do it for their treasure, they'll probably do it for their son.
0: Hmm. I remember um a time we had gone out to eat i don't remember where but uh the server came to our table and was taking orders and there was a point when you were younger where i would order for you we would talk and you would um you know tell me what you wanted but there came a time when you wanted to start ordering for yourself and okay but you would talk really low. Like you wouldn't be very loud. And I remember during some of those times how bad I wanted to speak up for you. How bad I wanted to like say what you had said to the server so they could hear you. Um, I wanted to, or I wanted to lean over and say, hey, you need to talk up. You need to speak up so you can be heard. But I came to realize that, you know, how you were speaking. Um, I didn't have to correct that or change that. You you would make those adjustments yourself. And so what would happen is if the server couldn't hear you, they would say that and you would say it again, or sometimes you would surprise me and you would speak up and be heard. And I didn't even realize that you would do that. So that's part of my learning as a parent that, you know, I want to nurture you, but I realize that you, you know, how you are is fine, exactly how you are. Um, I'm curious if, if those kind of experiences, um, if they, if you recognize them, does it stand out? Cause I don't think you truly understand how much I could micromanage your life. <laughs> do you know what that means? Like, I could be like, do this, do that, do this. And it's not sometimes that I don't want to, I just recognize that's, that's not, that's not how I see my role as your parent. I want to support you. Um, to do that but I'm curious do those times even stick out to you do you know that's happening in me no
1: I don't that's because I I don't know I'm shy a little bit so I speak lower Because if I, if I speak higher and I mess up I just get embarrassed and stuff so I don't know you're doing really good
0: I'm doing really good well thank you <laughs> I think I needed to hear that. I appreciate that. Um, let's talk about embarrassment for a second. You say sometimes if you speak up and you mess up, you get embarrassed. How do you know when you're embarrassed? Like what happens in your body or what kind of thoughts do you have that let you know that you're feeling embarrassed? My heart just dropped. It just
1: beats really fast. My heart just drops. I don't know. And like oh, my it. nose just starts to like sparkle. I don't
0: know. Okay, so when your heart starts racing and it drops and your nose sparkles, what do you do to help you get through the embarrassment? Uh, Probably just
1: laugh, to be honest. If someone's laughing, I would just laugh with them because I know that it's funny too. So if I like, get embarrassed and they laugh at me, I would just start laughing too because it is funny, but at the same time, I am getting embarrassed, so I just laugh.
0: Okay. So, there's another like incident or experience that you and I had that I want to talk about and get your perspective Um, because you know, part of the reason. I wanted to have you on the podcast. Well, many reasons. One, you're my child, you're my son. I love you and you're awesome. So part of what I do is connect awesome people with my listeners. So that's one thing. The other thing is so much of who I am as a person, uh, as a therapist, uh, as, yeah, just as a healer has been informed by me being a mom and I've been a mom to you for 11 and a half years, and um, yeah, I just wanted to share that, but also I think you have so much wisdom <laughs> that you don't even recognize you have, and I'm hoping to kind of pull that out and share that with my listeners, so I'm going to talk about this day. I want to know your, your perspective of it, how you remember it, not how I remember it. I'm going to tell my version, and then I'm going to give you a chance to tell your version, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, so I was preparing to go out of town traveling for work. I honestly don't remember where I was going. Mm, Nope. That's not true. This was around Christmas. It was around Christmas and you were getting ready to go out of town with your aunt and cousin to go down to Florida. And uh, we would not be going with you. It would just be you, your aunt and your cousin. And the day you were set to leave, I had to work and I wouldn't be able to see you off so what I decided is the day before you were gonna leaving, you were gonna leave. I was gonna surprise you. So I said I'm gonna surprise him. So I went and got Penn Station. Um, at the time, he really liked Penn Station. You know, people get McDonald's. I'm like, Mm-mm, no, the good stuff for my baby. I went and got some Penn Station, <laughs> and um, I communicated with his teacher, and I was gonna come up to school during lunch and surprise him with Penn Station. So I get to <sighs> the school, um, his teacher didn't tell him I was coming and they were prepared for lunch so I come in I get my visitor pass and I'm waiting uh, for him to come into the cafeteria and so they start to let kids you know it's a quick turnaround They have to clean the cafeteria from the first set of kids and then the other kids group was getting ready to come in and he was in line kind of way back around a corner and so I started walking back and as I'm walking all these kids who are in his school are like looking at me and looking at the Penn station, looking all jealous, like, Oh, I wonder who that's for. So I get to Emmanuel and he sees me and he like was shocked. Like he was like, mom, like, what are you doing here? So do you remember this story? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what it was like when you saw me with that Penn station um, and you were surprised. I was I was shocked. I was like,
1: wow, she got it from me. But at the same time, I was embarrassed at the same time because it's me and my mom against all these people. So I was kind of embarrassed, but I was actually happy at the same time because she bought me Penn Station. But,
0: yeah, yeah, so it was mixed emotions. So you were happy. Mm-hmm. I had brought you Penn Station, but you were also a little embarrassed. And you said, like, it was me and my mom against everybody else. Talk about that a little bit because I remember at first you were shocked, but then... I could begin to tell a little bit that you were a little embarrassed. So tell us a little bit about why you were embarrassed.
1: And everyone started looking at me. I just, I was like, what am I going to do? So I don't know. I just, everyone started looking at me.
0: Yeah. So I remember you were kind of frozen. Everyone was looking at you. And I'm like, hey, so I know on my side, you know, I didn't recognize in the moment that you were embarrassed. Um that was what I realized later. But in that moment, I'm like, hey, I'm all excited. And you were kind of like, um, what am I gonna <laughs> do? So I remember saying, Hey, you know, you know, I brought you food, and you were like, Well, I want it to be where it's just me and you. You remember saying that? Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to just be me and you, and I was like, Well, they didn't really give me that option, but they said that I could come and sit down at the table with you when you're eating your lunch with your friends and eat with you. Do you remember Mm -hmm. what you were thinking and feeling then?
1: Uh, no, I don't. I just, I was like, uh, I don't know,
0: because I just wanted to meet you. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know is exactly what you said, actually. (laughs) So you were just, yeah, you were kind of stuck in this space, right, where you were happy and excited, you said, that I had brought you Penn Station, but Everyone was looking at you because literally all the friends around you in line had stopped and were just looking at you (laughs) and and that you were embarrassed. Now, on my end, I can be honest, I didn't, I didn't, I was feeling hurt myself. I was like, I brought him this food and he's rejecting me. So what I recognize (laughs) is feelings that I had from long ago when I was a kid started to come up and those feelings were so overwhelming that it stopped me from seeing that you were embarrassed or shy. And it just made me feel rejected. And I remember saying, well, well, kid, because I call him kid. Well, kid, what do you want to do? And you didn't really know. Do you remember what decision you ultimately made?
1: I was probably because I, I was like, yes, but at the same time I want no. know. I just wanted to be us.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't want everyone to stare at me. Yeah. And everyone, we couldn't have that. So do you remember what you decided? I said, no, you, yeah, you said, no, you, you kind of said like, can I just eat it when I get home? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember saying, okay. And then I walked away and I I called it my walk of shame (laughs) because I walked out the school. I remember I avoided walking past the office because I had just gotten there and I got in the car and I was really sad and I was really sad and, I cried. Well, I didn't. School isn't that far, but I got home. But it was when I got home and your dad was like, hey. And then I just started crying. (laughs) Now, what I realized in that moment, though, was you didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) But I felt really sad about that. So I had to work through why I was feeling sad and that I couldn't blame you for my sadness because you didn't do anything wrong. You you were embarrassed and you responded the way you did. So that was a very pivotal turning point for me in my parenting where I had to learn that I'm responsible for my feelings and what's happening. He doesn't have to be responsible for that. Do you remember what happened later that day when you came home? How were you feeling when you came home?
1: I, I felt bad because I after you left, I I was like, dude, how did I do that? Because I, I really want the Penn Station, but I also wanted you to be here when I ate it. So, I said no, and then I was like, all sad.
0: Yeah, are you sad right now? No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of a a sad incident. Can you tell me a little bit about what's making you sad right now? You're doing so good. You're so brave. Yeah. I really appreciate that this is this was a, a challenging moment. I I had no idea that so many emotions would be there when we talked about it. But I thank you for being so vulnerable. Do you know that I'm not mad? Yeah, is it that- I think I don't know. Okay. Well, I, I want to be, be the first to tell you, I'm not mad at all because you didn't do anything wrong. You felt what you felt. Now, I was sad at the time and I did cry, but I think that's the big thing that I want to help parents understand is that our children, they live their lives and sometimes the choices they make or things they want to do or don't want to do can impact our own wounds. You know, so Emmanuel, when I was growing up, I had so many times where I felt rejected. Do you know what rejected means? Yeah,
1: like no, I guess.
0: <laughs> I know what I did. Yeah, well, not even, yeah, but just people, me wanting to be connected with people and them not wanting to be connected with me. So when this thing happened, even though I was, my goodness, in my late 30s, right, that still activated some things that happened to me when I was a kid and I was younger. But that's why it's so important for parents to do their own healing work. Because what I was able to do is I was able to go, you know what? This, this 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 is about me i there are some little shondas in me that i need to talk to and and as i began to talk to them and let them know that they weren't rejected and they were loved you know what i realized it was kind of unfair i kind of just snuck up on you i i realized that you're shy right you do not like being the center of attention you don't like people all looking at you and I was trying to be a good mom, right? I was trying to convince myself I was a good mom. Really, I can be honest, I felt guilty. I felt guilty that I wasn't going to be there when you left to go on your trip because I had to work. And sometimes as parents, what we do is we try to make our guilt less by doing things that we convince ourselves is about you. Oh, I'm going to do this for him because he really likes Penn Station. But in all honesty, I was doing it for me. Manu, I was trying to make myself feel better for not being there when you left. And what I, because I was so focused on making myself feel better, even though I didn't realize that what I, that's what I was doing, I didn't take the time to really think it through. Wait a minute. I'm going to pop up and surprise him in the middle of his lunch day in front of all his friends. And then I'm going to sit at the table with him and all his friends <laughs> while everybody can be looking like, what? Why is his mom here? Who is that? Right, that would bring a lot of attention to you, and that would make you feel really embarrassed. And that is the thing that you absolutely don't like. And so, it was after I separated what I was feeling in the present, and realized that these were all these little Shondas who were hurt, and I was able to talk to them. Then I was able able to be like, you know, that probably wasn't the best way to do it. Maybe. If I were going to do it, I could let you know so you could be prepared, right? Or see if there is a separate space where you and I could come and spend some time together. So I learned a lot from that. And I'm not mad at all because there's nothing to be mad about. You didn't do anything wrong. But I am curious if now that you um, are feeling a little able to talk, if you can just talk a little bit about why that was very sad or emotional for you to talk about.
1: I don't know. Cause as soon as you left, I started crying. Because I don't know, as soon as I started to tear up, my friends saw me. Like I just looked down on the desk, and then my friends just saw me.
0: Oh wow! So I didn't even realize that you had that response. Um, after I left. Yeah, it's amazing how I didn't even recognize that th- that this. Had impacted you so much I knew it impacted me but I didn't know that do you remember what happened when you came home no no well I wasn't home I actually I left before you got home on purpose because I just wanted to give it a little bit more time and then I came back and I remember normally you know when I come home you and your sisters run to meet me at the door (laughs) right well, this day you didn't meet me at the door and you were kind of just hanging out near your room. But I think you, I, what I made up was that you were a little worried that I would be mad at you. Do you remember that being part of how you felt? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Do you remember once I came home, what you might've been thinking or feeling? No, I just thought, really, I thought, mm, I just needed more time.
1: Just like you. I just, I don't
0: know. Okay. Yeah. So you just needed more time. Well, I remember once you took your time, you did come out and we started tossing a ball back and forth to each other. We used to do that, and you would throw the ball and we toss it back and forth, and you did say something along the lines of you know wishing that I had stayed and I was able to tell you then that I understood and that I probably didn't go about it the best way, and that I was sorry for that um But that was a big parenting moment for me and i i appreciated that i'll tell you one thing that where i learned from you where i learned from you not just um you know what i just said but when i was your age i didn't know how to say no so even if i would have been embarrassed or something if someone an adult especially a parent would have come to me and I I would not have known that I could say no. And when you told me no, what I learned from you and I continuously learned from you is that I get to say no. Now, you probably think I say no all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> as my child. <laughs> but, but what I mean is sometimes when there are people who are not my children, right, um that I sometimes still forget that I get to say no and I want you to know that you teach me and remind me all the time that that no is possible and that I get to say no so I want to thank you for having the courage to be you and know what you want and don't want in a moment and and say that so that has helped me to grow as a person you know, so much, like I said, of who I am and how I get to help people is because you helped me recognize things that I didn't recognize or I didn't get a chance to know as a kid. And I love that. So thank you for that. Is there anything else that you want to say about the particular um, thing we were talking about, this this particular experience?
1: Nope, I got nothing.
0: You got nothing? <laughs> um, can I ask what it was like, um, or, or not even what it was like, but isn't it funny how this happened like a long time ago, but we can still get emotional about things right now, even though it happened so long ago. What's that like for you?
1: Um, I don't know. I just get emotional because, um, I wish I could restart it and say yes, because it was, a good time, but I'm shy at the same time. So I said no, in, in the moment. to Stop to make people stop looking at me. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I can appreciate that. There are some moments I wish I could go back and redo too. But since we can't, do you think we can go forward? What do we? What did we? What did you and I learn from this experience that can help us do things differently or better going forward?
1: Um. Uh, all from me, just probably not sneak up on me, tell me at least. hmm. That's really all because just that's all. Okay, I want people to look at me as much because you guys did it again. It's just you guys didn't sit at the table, you gave me McDonald's and stuff, but you didn't sit at the table. And you guys didn't tell me, but you know, everyone didn't look at me, they just looked. I just got up, went, took it, and said hi and we both left Mm -hmm. our seats okay
0: so that's one thing anything that you learned for yourself based on this experience um
1: it's not much it's just really I don't know I wish I can go back in time and just say yes I just don't really
0: know what to say okay that's okay Do you still feel that it's hard when people are looking at you and you're the center of attention? Yes. Yeah. You know, pretty much, I feel like my whole life I'm the center of attention. Did you know that? No. (laughs) So yeah, the work I do, the trainings I do, yeah, I usually have a microphone or standing on a stage or doing something where I'm always the center of attention. And because of that, sometimes I, I, I don't know what it feels like to feel how you feel, like you don't want people looking at you, it gets really embarrassing, you just want to make it stop, right, I think because my life, I live in that space so much that it's so easy for me to take for granted what that could be like for you, so that's what I'm learning, I'm learning that I have to remember that we're different in that way, I think we're a lot alike in a lot of ways, your dad says it all the time, Um, and I think we're both funny, and very silly. Um, We both have very big, compassionate hearts. We're alike alike in a lot of ways. But I have learned that not everyone experiences life the way I do, and that I have to pause and, and recognize that people are different, and I should be aware of that before I make assumptions. So I learned that. Yeah. Well, thank you for walking through that with me, Mm-hmm. I had no idea that it would be so emotional for both of us, but thank you for sticking in there and being a trooper. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to say while we're on the podcast together? Anything you want to share? Anything you want to talk about? No, not really. So I'm going to ask you a question that um, when your dad was on the podcast, I asked him too. what is it like? Well, for him, it was a wife. But what's it like having a therapist as a mom? Um,
1: uh, I don't know how to describe it. Um, Fun. Happy. You can cheer me up. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways of having a therapist and having a normal mom. You know a lot more. I'm not saying you
0: know more than normal moms. I'm just saying you know more about helping hmm And do you think I'm helpful? Because sometimes when I'm trying to get you to take deep breaths, you don't be want to take those deep breaths. So I can try to be helpful. Do you do you find that I use my helpfulness well?
1: <laughs> well, for me probably not. Deep breaths is not really what I do if I'm stressful or crying or anything. I'm not that type of person. I mean you're helpful, but sometimes you're not helpful for me if I'm really really stressed out but if I'm kind of stressed out you
0: can help me okay and I think part of what I try to do too is I never try to be your therapist I don't even like working with kids (laughs) but I, I am your mom so you know I try to give you the support and love that you uh that you deserve so I love that and I will ask another question maybe people are interested in. What's it like being a big brother to twins? Mm, I don't
1: know. It's kind of annoying.
0: Kind of annoying? Tell us why.
1: I don't know. They're really little. So uh, I've been like that. I've been the same. We've all been the same. So yeah, I don't know. It's a lot different for me now. Because I was just like them, but now I'm older and... Now
0: they're just like me, so it's oh, annoying. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, Emmanuel, if there's nothing else you specifically want to talk about, I want to thank you for being a guest on the Labors of Love podcast. You know, in full transparency, we recorded one of these before, like a year ago. Um, and we were holding on to it for the right time, and then life just really changed. So I definitely wanted you to be able to talk about your experience in COVID and as a gamer because I don't even, I don't know if you said gaming was really your, your labor of love back then. Things have changed a lot. So thank you for being my guest.
1: Mm-hmm. You're welcome.
0: I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel who provides all the music for the Labors of Love podcast, to my producer, Jay Sugg from Instant Classic Media, and of course to you, my guest I do not take it for granted that you listen to our episodes. If you have any suggestions for content or guests, please reach out at www.thelaborsoflove.com. We're on all the social media outlets. So please, if you haven't already, head over to Instagram to our podcast specific Instagram page, the underscore LOL underscore pod. And do not forget if you can go ahead and give us that five-star rating, write a review, uh, share with your friends and your loved ones. Until we connect again, you all be well.